Movement is a direct-to-consumer watch brand founded in 2013 by two college dropouts, Jake and Kramer. They bootstrapped the business, i.e. they didn't take any investment, and in 2018, just five years after founding it, sold it for $300 million. This is another amazing direct-to-consumer case study where the business has used social media predominantly to grow a massive, massive following and to build a legitimately kind of disruptive business in a very well-established space. So if you're a big fan of the Gymshark review that we did previously, then you're going to absolutely love this. In this episode, we're going to deconstruct exactly what movement have done, their social media strategies and how things have changed over the course of the business's life so far. Today, they have 3.6 million likes on Facebook, 1.1 million followers on Instagram. We're going to look at exactly how they've done that. So stick around to the end because I'm going to give you my five top lessons that you can apply to your business whether it's DTC or not based on movements growth so far. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We work with SMEs to help them scale. And we've got a lot of clients in e-commerce and direct consumer. Movement is an example of a real kind of headline brand from this space. Fantastic growth and with very little financial backing as well. In this episode, we're gonna look at exactly what Movement has done to bring about the sort of growth that they've seen. And of course, we're always going to be looking at what they could do better and what you can take and apply to your business. So the business was founded in 2013 by a couple of guys. They'd had previous business experience, but not much and nothing successful. Jake and Kramer got started, they identified the product that they wanted to sell. Now they actually kickstarted <laughs> their product creation journey through, not Kickstarter, but Indiegogo. They crowdfunded it. They actually got rejected from the Kickstarter platform, not once, but twice. So they kickstarted with Indiegogo and built up 300k of investment to sell and to build their first version of the movement watch. But once they'd done that, they really needed to figure out how they were going to scale this thing. Because obviously the great thing about crowdfunding is you get a bit of early attention, but once that's gone, where do you go with it? Where do you take it next? So the guys looked at their target audience, which was young, predominantly male, but then later female as well, and said, where are they spending their time? Well, of course, they were spending all of their time in 2013, as they are now on their phones, and particularly on social media. So they recognized that this was the channel that they were going to have to use to build their visibility. So there's a few kind of main pillars that they've used throughout with influencer marketing being the kind of common thread throughout. So we're going to break this analysis down into a couple of different sections. The first section, we're going to look at what they've done really well, particularly looking at influencer strategy across Facebook and Instagram, but also looking at their email marketing and content strategy as well. Then we're going to look at maybe the stuff that isn't going so well, either because they've tried it and haven't really been able to get traction with it, or they've just not really tried it. And I think it's really encouraging when you look at a case study like this, it's so tempting to go, well, you know, zero to $300 million exit in five months, everyone's smashing it, I'm just a complete loser. But even looking at movement story, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're really not doing that well as well. So it's really encouraging and we can take a lot of encouragement from that. However, the stuff they've nailed is fantastic and there's a big lesson there. You don't need to be perfect at everything, you just need to get traction and scale it as hard as you possibly can. So let's talk about their influencer marketing campaign in the very early days of the business. Well, they identified that their perfect kind of influencers to work with were actually smaller influencers. So they didn't go over after the huge influencers with millions and millions of followers. They tended to target people that had an average of like 30 to 50k of followers. One early campaign they ran used lifestyle posts from 62 different influencers averaging 47k followers. And they worked with those influencers 
as giving them voucher codes which they could share with their audience. Now, there's actually a video version of this podcast that you can see on YouTube if you're that way inclined, but I'm gonna basically describe the campaign to you anyway. So a couple of demo posts from this early campaign, which was back in 2013, I believe. Um, one from Lisa Herland. So there's an image of her with waffles and some drink, and it's like a, it's basically like a flat lay breakfast, and then she's holding what looks like a coffee mug, and she's got her movement watch on. Okay, so very kind of typical lifestyle influencer type shot. The caption says, if you tend to lose, tend to lose track of time like I do, at movement watches will for sure stop that bad habit. If you're looking for one of your own, use the code LisaHerlands15 for $15 off your next watch. Hashtag join the movement. Okay, so 3,000 likes and kind of three to 10,000 likes was typical for the posts that these influencers were doing around the time. Now the whole campaign with 62 different influencers averaging 47,000 followers each um, generated I think 100,000 likes across the whole campaign. So it was a really big movement, a big moment for movement um, and really kind of set the tone for their influencer strategy. But what I thought was really interesting is the fact that they're very clearly using voucher codes and they've given each influencer their own voucher code. Now this is a smart move and you know back in that day it wasn't particularly commonplace, now it's much more commonplace, but it's a really smart move for a couple of reasons. Firstly, by looking at who's buying when people come through to the store and when they purchase using a voucher code, Movement could tell which influencers are driving the most sales. This is often one of the kind of hidden pieces of data that you really want in an influencer campaign where you're working with a lot of different influencers simultaneously. So that gives you kind of visibility given that people aren't always clicking on a link in a bio and influencers won't often change their bio to your website link. So you're gonna get a lot of direct traffic to your website with a campaign like this. And it's great to be able to track exactly where that's coming from with a voucher code. The second reason it's really smart though is because it gives movement the opportunity to then give these influencers an affiliate commission on any sales generated. And it looks like this has been a part of their influencer strategy. We'll talk a little bit about this later on, but by giving your influencers a cut of the sales that they generate, you one, maybe don't have to pay them at all for doing the post, right? Rather than having to pay them to do a promotion, if they like the product enough and the product that, you know, they can see that there's enough of a fit with their audience and they can see, or you can give them some indication of the numbers they might be able to expect running an affiliate campaign like this, that might be enough that they don't even charge you an upfront payment. So that's really smart. But also obviously when they've got skin in the game, when they're incentivized in some way, then you're gonna get a much more bought in campaign. You might get extra posts than what you initially agreed if they can see that you know they're making money from it. So really, really smart. But the other thing that it's worth saying is it's clear that this influencer campaign was designed to generate sales because they didn't have loads and loads of cash from private equity to spend on marketing over the first whatever five years to get things going they had to be savvy and they had to focus on things that would generate direct sales and obviously giving voucher codes is a, a very clear indication that that was exactly the case so very early days of their influencer campaign these were the sorts of people that they were targeting now it's worth saying that obviously this was uh, 2013 2014 2015 and things have changed you know influencers expect a little bit more from the brands that they're working with and it will be inaccurate of me to say that you can just go and send you know a watch to each of these influencers today and expect to get them kind of participating in something like this but still the point of macro versus micro influencers is interesting to see that that's exactly how movement started getting traction however they have broadened out over time just looking at the backlinks to movement.com we can see that a lot of the influencers that they're working with link directly to the site and this actually allows us to see kind of very broadly um, which influencers they're working with because they've got affiliate links linking through and it's particularly interesting that actually for some of the bigger influencers they're working with they have a dedicated URL so for example Steve Cook who is a massive fitness um, influencer YouTuber and Instagrammer he's got movement.com forward slash Steve Cook so that's his kind of affiliate link if you like and they can tag traffic coming through that whether they're paying a commission or not I'm not sure I suspect that they would be um, given their history in this space but it's common to see that 
most of the influencers they're working with have their own URLs, which obviously allows movement to track who they're working with. So in addition to Steve Cook, we noticed that they're also um, sponsoring or they have affiliate relationships with uh, a range of podcasts as well. So um, the Ringer podcast, uh, we've got Christian Guzman, who's another big fitness influencer, Joe Rogan podcast as well, um, Winfrey Fitness, the Barstool Rundown podcast. So it seems that their angle for particularly the biggest influencers and we're looking here at websites ordered by their domain authority or their page authority their biggest influencers today seem to be fitness influencers and popular podcasts listened to by people that are into sports and improvement and fitness and that type of thing so that seems to be a very kind of clear trend now whether they've found a crossover between people that like fitness and like that type of thing and movement or whether this is more just a way of targeting the age groups that move movement know they're most popular with you know there's not enough information here to to deduce that but it shows a very clear trend. Now, they also have a page on their website about their influencer program. Now, this actually, they've, they've rebuilt their site um, and they've changed the domain. They changed the domain in late 2020 from movement watches to movement.com, movement um, spelled MVMT.com. So pretty cool domain. Um, and it looks like they've dragged the old affiliate page from the new site and they've just bolted it onto, from the old site, sorry, and they've bolted it onto the new site. Um, they've got this thing called the movement creator community and it says it's an ambassador program uh, how will you be promoting well you'll primary primarily be promoting movement through social instagram youtube and twitch um, or blogs who is this best for influencers and brand advocates and then the perks of their movement creator community are free product plus commission earning potential so that's kind of interesting it's interesting how they've worded that because it implies that you're not going to be getting payment for the um you know for, for doing doing the post but you're going to get the free product. So you got the free product, which is, you know, the, the, the thing that you're going to get in return for doing the thing. And then commission earning potential, which tells me that there's obviously going to be some kind of voucher code or some kind of referral system. Okay, we're going to move on now to talking about the aesthetic of the brand. Now, Movement is a brand, a company uh, that has relied very heavily on visuals. As you would expect for a watch company, the look is really important. But the look of the watch is really only, in my opinion, a tiny portion of the visual identity of the brand. And this risks sounding really fluffy and woolly, so stick with me. But basically, since the start, Movement has recognized that they are almost like epitomizing the Instagram lifestyle vlogger lifestyle influencer look right if you go through their feed over the years you'll see that it's very much you know um, these kind of highly filtered pictures of the watch on people's wrists while their legs are dangling into the blue ocean or it's people that are like looking out to sea or in a helicopter and they've got their hands out in front of them with the watch on it's very much positioned as the movement watch is your kind of accessory to the lifestyle that you really Really want it's young people beautiful people it's freedom it's travel it's excitement and it, it's that type of thing right so in the very early days of their Instagram channel in particular, what we saw was a very kind of curated and studio look. So rather than being this heavily influencer-led thing, it was actually more about how do we make these watches look like the sort of ads that we would see in, you know, the FT, how to spend it supplement, right? So it's almost like how do, you know, the high-end watch brands like Rolex and people like that, how do they present their watches? And there was a sort of an attempt to mimic that. So it's very studio lit. It's very typical high-end luxury product shots. And they did that for a little while. Then it looks like, and from listening and, and watching interviews with some of the marketing team for back then, then it looks like they kind of realized that they could get influencers to make product shots for them, which actually resonated better with their audience and kind of represented the lifestyle that they want. So we saw a shift 
in the early days, and I'm talking about over the first kind of six months to a year of their Instagram page, where we went from these very, you know, traditional and in some ways bland studio shots, where they were trying to present the watch as a high-end product, we saw that change and it became more influencer-led. And this kind of user-generated content thing was a, you know, as soon as they got into it, they just went full into it. And as the page has evolved and as their brand has evolved, this has become a larger and larger part of what they've been doing. But what's really curious is the business was sold in 2018. And whether it's because the new owners came in and changed the marketing team or the new owners came in and decided that actually movement could position itself as a a legitimate luxury brand, I'm not sure. But there has been a kind of reversal back to positioning the watches rather than a kind of influencer accessory to being a bit more like, you know, the traditional luxury product. And if you go on their Facebook page today or their Instagram channel today, you'll see these kind of magazine ad looking posts, which is quite a diversion from the the tactic that got them the success that they that you know that they had, um, which made the brand so valuable in the first place. So that's interesting. Now, to me as a marketer, it looks kind of like they've lost what made them you know big in the first place, and it looks like a classic case of big company buys you know exciting new influencer-led startup ruins it in a way and you know and that's where things are going now that's the narrative that I picked up from kind of looking at this but there may be something else going on they might know that this kind of luxury positioning that's the way that they need to go um, or, or, or you know whatever but there's a clear pattern there this idea about kind of crowdsourcing your product imagery to your audience is something that was mentioned um, by their uh, senior influencer marketing manager Ethan Frame and he said what we would do is we'd reach out to influencers influencers that had followings of 30,000 to 500,000. We'd contact them saying, we love your work. We'd love to send you some watches in exchange for some content. From there, that's how we started sourcing beautiful imagery from around the world, which no one had seen before or done on social media. And that's a really important point. Well, there's two points there. Firstly, that whilst this sort of lifestyle influencer-led photography is fairly commonplace on social now, it wasn't when they started doing it. The pages that you went to to see this sort of imagery were the influencers and the brands were still kind of a little bit square like feeling a little bit alien and looking very foreign because they weren't kind of sticking with the Instagram aesthetic so this was a unique approach Um, but the other thing there is that's how they started sourcing beautiful imagery from around the world there's a lot of direct consumer brands today that spend huge amounts of money on photo shoots and you know it's, it's a lot of work to get a team out to wherever like Peru right you get the whole team out you get all the lighting you get the actors you get a photography equipment the videographers out there you do it all you put everyone up in a hotel then you bring them all back absolute nightmare whereas what movement have done is found you know travel vloggers travel bloggers that are already out there sent them product they've done amazing you know some of the some of the work some of the images are stunning they've done that work for them sent it back so it's a very scalable and very bootstrappable way to grow a really attractive profile and by the way that movement noticed that this sort of user generated content actually resulted in an 88% decrease in cost per acquisition it actually worked better in the ads than the staged photography, which is why I think we saw them kind of phasing it out as the uh, as their page developed. Another thing that's really interesting and really obvious from looking at both their Instagram and their Facebook is that they don't talk about the watch really, right? They might say stainless steel with a leather band, but they don't talk about the features or even the benefits of the watch. This is less of a logical explanation about why you should buy the product, and it's more of a brand play where they're like, here's a sick watch, or here's a watch that looks sick, in this amazing scenario, you kind of want this, right? And it's just from hammering that over and over and over with their audience that they're able to pick up that traction. And it's interesting to see how much traction they did pick up even in the early days from taking this approach, right? They're over-indexing on the likes Um, on their posts considering how much following they had. Let's talk about Facebook. Now today they've got 3.6 million uh, followers on Facebook which is you know fairly decent (laughs) to say the least. Now back in 2014 encouragingly for those who are struggling to build their Facebook pages back in 2014 they were counting down to hitting 4,500 as a big milestone and by the way the post that they used to do that was horrific. It was clear that there were no kind of style guidelines. Looks really homemade. So looking at their ad 
ads on Facebook, it's really interesting to see that basically the ads on Facebook and the typical posts on Facebook are almost the same, right? This is product shots, it's often influencer-led, it's very, very similar between their typical posts and their typical ads. The difference obviously being that the ads have a link through to purchase. And it actually looks to me like they're basically just boosting their posts as ads. Now, another thing that's really interesting, we spoke about how they never really say much in their posts. It's very short, it's basically just factual. So you'll get a post, for example, you'll get an ad, which is a picture of the watch on someone's wrist. um, And it just says monochrome, shop seven new styles. And then there's a link to movementwatch.co forward slash monochrome and that's it that's the ad copy so they're not trying to make the sale they're not explaining anything at all this is really curious because we usually find that a bit of sales focused ad copy actually helps click through rate and helps conversion rate so it's a really curious strategy and makes me wonder whether they've taken a conscious decision not to ever kind of appear salesy or not to ever let their tone of voice become salesy even though very clearly you know most of their posts are product focused posts this isn't like they're not adding a huge amount of value to their audience other than showing the picture of the product in these posts so it's a kind of strange balance that they've got between being very product focused and simultaneously saying very little about the product itself now fast forward to today and the sort of stuff that they're posting on facebook I can't help but get the feeling they've lost their way a little bit. We look at some videos from September 2020 and they've got a series that they're running where they'll interview CEOs and founders and basically, you know, in quotes, successful people. And these people are obviously wearing their movement watches and it's a bit of story about them. There's one that's titled, This is Ambition. And the content... and. And the post says, before Jake Casson founded Movement, the young college dropout worked at the valet dreaming up the day when he laid the tracks to his own joyride. This is ambition. Who will be next? Leave your legacy. And this is a very slick, well-produced video. It looks professional. It doesn't look influencer-led. And I keep banging on about this, but this video from September 2020 has 10,000 views and 77 reactions. That's not a lot for a page that has 3.6 million follows. It looks to me to be fairly clear that they haven't put paid budget behind this. They've just posted it on Facebook. It's not done particularly well, and particularly compared to some of their earlier ads, the interaction level is nowhere near. Now, obviously, Facebook's organic reach has dropped like a stone since the early days of movement. So we wouldn't expect them to get the organic reach the organic interaction level that they were used to but we would have expected them if they're going to put budget into these assets to pay to boost these posts it doesn't cost a huge amount there's no product focus here it's pure brand and i don't really understand it they work with a whole bunch of different ceos and successful people but very few of them have their own high profile status right they are not influencers really at all they're just CEOs and most CEOs don't have much visibility so it's a confusing thing because normally when you want to do a collaboration one of the things that you're collaborating for is access to that person's audience if they don't have much of an audience at all I'm questioning how they're choosing these people and it might be that they're just choosing the people with the best story but do you know what most high profile influencers or most of the influencers that movement are already working with the likes of Christian Guzman Steve Cook they have incredible stories so I would have liked to see them play with people like that and use that as a way of getting wider access to these influencers audiences that's going to scale up the engagement levels with a post like this way way beyond what they're doing now so it feels like a missed opportunity and it makes me question whether they really understand why they're doing these things Okay, two more things that they're doing particularly well. Before we get to those though, I just wanted to offer you some free help with your digital marketing. If you're looking to grow your business and you wanna use channels like what we're talking about here, social media, we're gonna be talking about email marketing, content marketing, SEO, paid traffic. It can feel really overwhelming knowing where you should put your attention to get the biggest bang for your buck. Exposure Ninja helps ambitious businesses generate more sales through their website. That's what we're all about. And we work with direct to 
consumer brands to help give them more visibility. If you're interested in finding a bit more about what we would do to help your business or you just want some feedback on your digital marketing and where the opportunities lie, then we have a free service called the Exposure Ninja free website review. When you go to ExposureNinja.com and request the free website and digital marketing review, we give you a questionnaire which asks you a few questions about your business, your digital marketing and your goals. One of our team will then analyze where your business is at at the moment, where the opportunities are for growth. They'll have a look at your competitors as well and they'll lay out some prioritized action steps that you can take over the next six to 12 months to significantly increase your visibility. This service is completely free. They'll turn all of this info into a 15 minute video which they send to you by email totally free of charge. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free review today. Okay, let's talk about Movement's email marketing strategy. Email marketing is nowhere near as sexy as social media and influencer, I totally understand. It's one of those things that happens in the background and is maybe a little bit boring and considered a little bit old school, so it doesn't get anywhere near as much attention. Well, here at Exposure Ninja, we're a big fan of putting things that are maybe considered a little bit more boring to work because we know that email marketing is a fantastic channel. Do you know who else knows that email marketing is a fantastic fantastic channel movement in an interview with Blake Pinska who is their ex-marketing and brand director from 2017 Blake mentions that back in 2015 movement was sending out one or two emails per month to their email database which was mostly people who had bought movement products so you buy the product you go into the email database and every you know month or two weeks they'd send you an email they realized though that if something happened to Facebook or Instagram the brand was destroyed. They didn't own that visibility. They were at the mercy of organic visibility algorithms, which is never really a great place to be. They needed to own a direct line of communication to their customers and they needed email to be that line. So what they started doing is working on how they could get people from social media into their email database. They tried a couple of different things, both of which worked. Uh, so one of the things that they did was run giveaways. And what they do on Instagram was they'd run a giveaway where you could win a watch or you know a couple of watches or they'd have five watches to give away or whatever and you had to go and sign up for their email list in order to be in with a chance of winning so what they did was really smart is they got loads of people signing up from this i think one one that me, uh, blake mentioned one campaign they that he mentioned they got six thousand email addresses so rather than say well great six thousand people and one person has won a watch what they did is contact everyone and send everyone a discount code to buy the watch this is genius to me because those people we know they want it they many of them will just want an excuse to buy and if you give them a discount code there's your excuse to buy so they got a three percent conversion rate from this um, which you know for a business that in 2015 which is what what two years into the brand they had 6,000 email addresses, 3% conversion rate. My dreadful mass tells me that's 180 watches sold, right? I hope that's right because I've just said it on a podcast. 180 watches sold, which at that point would have been a reasonable deal for them. Simple strategy, very, very easy. Anyone can implement it. Another thing that they did was use email capture for their product releases. So when they had a new product coming out, they build hype on it with social media. But obviously they had a limited quantity at launch. So what they would do is get people to sign up to their email list so that when the product dropped, those were the people that got first access. So again, this is a really good way of getting people off social onto your email list, but also great way of finding out who is into this particular product. Maybe the people that don't get one on the first batch, you know, you have some way of notifying them when the next batch is in stock and so on. So what they did is mixed product focused emails with content focused emails, where they would drive through to usually a blog post on their website. This was really interesting. A lot of businesses, particularly e-commerce, are scared to send people through to informational content which doesn't appear overly commercial. They think that the point of sending out an email is always to sell. And of course, while we do want to sell through email, we have to recognize that there are different ways to sell. And it's also really valuable to build up the relationship with someone so that they're more likely to buy when you next present them a commercial message. Movement found when they sent out these content-focused emails, they actually increased the revenue generated by 70% as opposed to when they're sending out product focused emails. Their conversion rate increased 44%. Mental. 
So they were sending out a link to a blog post, which might be something like um, some shots from someone who'd been out in winter and they had their movement watch on. And the post would be all about the winter shots and it would have you know hot, loads of beautiful photography from one of these influencers with some text about their experience. And obviously there'd be a picture of the watch in the shots. And then at the bottom, there'd be a link to buy the watch. They found that that converted better for them than actually just sending out the picture of the watch which is kind of interesting. Now, I'm not surprised that it would generate more revenue necessarily. I'm surprised at the rate or the the, the size of the increase, if you like. 70% higher revenue from that approach feels higher than I would have expected. But you know, Blake ran the campaign, so he knows his numbers. And that leads us nicely onto the last part of movement strategy in the kind of bucket of things that they were doing really well. They were working with photographers like uh, Megan Lindsay. And uh, Megan Lindsay, fantastic photographer, posts beautiful photos of her road trips and stuff um, on her blog. And there's a post from December the 6th, 2016, if you want to go to meganlindsayphoto.com, where basically what she's done is she's written a paragraph of text about going out in the Canadian Rockies during winter. And she's taking photos, stunning photos, Instagram perfection, if you like. Now, now, what's interesting is she said, see photos below and read more at Movement Watch's Winter Escape. And when you click through to that link, that takes you to a blog post on the Movement website called Winter Escape, where they've basically just got her to put these photos in a blog post on their own website as a sort of lifestyle thing. And then this is what they would email out to their audience. The really frustrating thing is when you click through that link though, the post has gone. It's either been taken down or the redirect hasn't been applied when they moved over their website, but it's not there anymore. This is the strategy, the email marketing strategy that Movement found to make the most money compared to sending product-focused stuff, which is what they do now. And they haven't maintained their database of great blog posts. It drives me mad. And in fact, I'm not gonna go too much into it now. In fact, no, let's go into it now. When you go on their blog today, rather than being this kind of inspirational, aspirational place where you can see all these fantastic photos from these great influencers, the stuff on there is years old. A bunch of the links don't even work. The stuff that does work is from like 2016, 2017, 2018. And it's like they've just dropped this whole strategy, like they've completely left the collaborations and just moved on with something else. And I don't get it. I really don't understand why they would have ditched this. It's great for links, it's great for credibility, and it really positions movement as a kind of lifestyle thing. This is, you know, if you look at high-end fashion brands today, they're trying to replicate this sort of thing where they're trying to work with, you know, um, big content creators to produce these amazing uh, collaborations. And this is what movement we're doing, but at the kind of micro level, but at scale. And I don't understand why they haven't maintained it. The blog on their site now, is like linked to from the footer. It's really not a priority. It's not ranking for much at all. There's absolutely no attempt to SEO it whatsoever, in my opinion. And it's just a huge missed opportunity. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, please consider subscribing or following and leave us a review. We read all of the reviews. They mean loads to us. Um, so if there's any topics that you want us to cover, please let us know in the review. You can always also drop me an email, tim at exposioninja.com. I get some lovely emails from people saying how much they enjoy the podcast. So thank you. Uh, but, you know, feel free to leave your feedback publicly on the review pages. It really helps our ranking and gets us more listeners. Okay, on to the show. So we've started digging into the stuff that's maybe not going so well for them. Another digital marketing piece of the puzzle that's really not going so well for them is their YouTube channel. You might think that being a very visual and influencer-led product, YouTube would actually be a great channel for them to play on. Well, it probably would, if they were really trying. So the Movement YouTube channel has 28,500 subscribers, which is okay, but for a business like this, which is essentially mass market, and considering they've got 3.6 million on Facebook, it sucks. And when you look at the content they're posting, you can kind of see why it sucks so much. They are posting these kind of short video ads. They're typically one minute, one and a half minutes long. And that's great as an ad. That's fine, you can 
run that as a pre-roll ad on YouTube and that's fine and you'll get loads of views and they've got videos, you know, that have got 1.5 million views from four years ago. And it's clear that that is a total anomaly in the view counts because they've been running it as an ad. That's fine. But what I would really like them to see is build a community on YouTube as well. They work with influencers that have a story to tell. They work with influencers that are going out to these awesome, amazing places and doing these great things, these great activities and adventures. This is the lifestyle that they're selling. But there's not very much of that kind of behind the scenes. There's not very much of that collaboration in longer form content on YouTube, which is what people go to YouTube for. No one goes to YouTube to watch a 15 second video, right? They're just, it's just not what people are doing. That's not how YouTube is set up. YouTube is set up for watching a bit like TV. So if I were them, I'd want to see, you know, six to 10 minute interviews. I might want to see six to 20 minute longer form pieces where they're following someone for a day or, you know, they're getting behind the scenes of their life. A little bit like the feedback that we had around Gymshark's YouTube strategy, which I'm pleased to say they've actually adopted, um, where they're actually putting the influencers front and center on their page, I really like to see movement doing that more because at the moment their engagement is really low and most of the videos on their channel page, in fact, the most recent one I can see on their channel page is from three years ago, which coincidentally is when they sold the business. So this ties into this narrative of whoever bought it doesn't really seem to be putting as much attention on the marketing as they were when when it was, um, yeah, when it was building the value which they wanted to buy. So they could do style tips, they could do live lifestyle tips, they could do workout tips, you know, figure out what are the interests amongst this audience and let's build some stuff for them. They have done some great work. Um, there's one video where they work with a guy called Matt Como, um, who is also with GoPro. And they've done this piece called How We Do Time, which is six minutes long, and it was posted three years ago. It's had 6,000 views which tells me they haven't really promoted it anywhere near as much as they could have. The quality of it is insane. This thing must have cost a bomb to produce. They've got Matt flying around in helicopters and going to different places and snowboarding and doing all this crazy stuff for this video. The production quality is sick, but it's got 6,000 views. It's three years old. Come on, guys. So how I would have loved to have seen, and by the way, Matt's own channel has 200,000 subscribers. So how I would love to have seen them use something like this would be to make two versions of the video. One would be the actual video and then another would be a behind the scenes or interviews or talks with Matt about his attitudes to life, that type of thing. Then what they could have done is cross promote the two videos. So one video is hosted on Movement's channel, another video is hosted on Matt's own channel. Both sides promote their video to their audience but link to the other video in the description as well and mention it, cross reference it in the video itself. That way you're kind of allowing the audiences to cross populate if you like, and both sides win. Both sides pick up extra followers from that. But it just doesn't look like they've done it. I'd have loved to see them put some paid money through this. The other thing, the titling, it just says movement times Como, how we do time. There's nothing descriptive about that at all. It's a complete washout. If you look at the posts that are doing well on YouTube, you look at the videos and the titles that are doing well on YouTube, they trigger curiosity. They look excited. Movement times Como, how we do time. Like, what is that? Who's going to click on that? Ridiculous. It doesn't even use his full name. So if you search for Matt Como, it's not even going to come up. So I just don't understand this. It's like they've done, they've had a great idea, but then the execution has really, really let them down. Interestingly, actually, Matt Como did something with Michael Kors where they did a similar sort of thing together. So it was like a Michael Kors sponsored adventure that Matt Como went on. He posted it on his own channel and it's had 20 times the views of the movement one because obviously he posted it on his own channel. So yeah, and that's in only a year as well, rather than the three years uh, since the movement one. So loads of opportunity there. There's also a really interesting dynamic on YouTube where in the early days, um, people actually started to make their own videos of movement watches organically. So you get fans of the brand making their videos, showing their latest movement watches, a bit like the try on hauls and stuff that we see across fast fashion. And this kind of started picking up and it started to be a thing. And some of these will get decent views because particularly a lot of the watch brands, actually, they've got reasonably strong audiences and they're pretty relevant. I'm on one here from Peter Von Panda, uh, posted in 2015. It's had 167,000 views and a lot of the comments are really positive, still picking up comments over the last four years. So, um, you know, that's a pretty decent lifespan of two or three years on the video. So yeah, um, 
you know, decent strategy, but he's linking through to an Amazon affiliate link to where you can buy movement watches. If I was movement, I'd have reached out to him and said, look, you're getting loads of views on this video. We're going to give you your own page where you can share your own, you know, your favorite uh, watches from our collection. And here's a voucher code to incentivize him to keep doing this. They could have turned him into an ambassador, but it doesn't look like they have. So he's just having to use an Amazon affiliate link where as soon as someone gets on Amazon, they could end up going and buying some other type of watch instead. So it feels like a missed opportunity there. Actually, I think YouTube has the chance to become you know, they, they haven't put the time in, they haven't put the energy in recently, and there's a danger that YouTube actually starts to take down the brand. We know that people will go to YouTube, for example, to um, look at movement watch reviews and things like that. That's one of the searches that comes up. And when you type in movement watches today, because they haven't been focusing on building out their own content or the content from their influencers, there are loads of videos about things like, I'm just going to read you the top headlines, the top videos that are ranking for these terms, okay? I bought a movement watch so you don't have to. It's garbage. 640,000 views in one year. Uh, I'm not buying it. Movement releases an automatic watch. 134,000 views. Vincero watch review. Worse than movement. 393,000 views. There's one with 180,000 views which compares a movement watch to a 69 pound one from AliExpress and basically says the AliExpress one is better. Uh, let's have a look what else we've got. Exposing movement watches, 438,000 views. Why I hate movement watches, 530,000 views. Reacting to bad watch brands movement, 328,000 views. So the most popular what videos on YouTube today about movement watches are ones where people are piling in and criticizing them. For me, this is a real, real issue because looking at the people in these videos, they're actually the movement target audience. They're, they're the, well, at least they're the demographic audience that movement would be targeting. In my opinion, they need to own this immediately. First thing they need to do is they need to address the criticisms that are coming up in these videos and they need to do so publicly. If possible, actually engage underneath these videos to start a conversation with these people because at the moment, movement looks like a sleepy big entity that anyone can take shots at and criticize and it doesn't really matter too much no one's actually being challenged on these criticisms the other thing that needs to happen is they need to flood youtube with great positive focus movement stuff like they did in the early days right the reason that none of these videos from 2015 are ranking anymore is because they're from 2015 <laughs> things have moved on youtube's not going to serve up six-year-old video content if it's being uh, you know if it's competing with two-year-old stuff so they need to get back to the influencer strategy that they used to okay uh, moving on from youtube twitter again it's, it's another channel that really hasn't worked for them um, they've not got much following at all and actually not been gaining much following. If we check out Social Blade, which is a great tool for kind of analyzing um, how people's um, social channels evolve over time. At the moment, Movement has 48,000 followers. Uh, their monthly gain followers since 2018 has actually, most months, they've actually been losing followers. So they've never really picked up loads of followers in one big go other than in 2018 in January, they picked up 16,000 followers and then from then on it was just steady losing those followers. So it looks to me like there's been some kind of follower pickup spam thing where they've just paid for a bunch of followers in one go. That's what it looks like to me. Um, monthly tweets, they're really not posting very much. Some months they're posting two, five tweets. So it's just really not a priority for them. Now that's okay. I'm not going to criticize them too much because Twitter really isn't going to suit them. If you look at their tweets, they're using it as kind of like Instagram. They're just posting the same sort of stuff. And that's really not what suits Twitter. Twitter suits brands that have a, a kind of conversational personality and can join in conversations and be personal. That's really what you see excelling on Twitter. You know, all the stuff around Aldi and Marks and Spencers around the Colin the Caterpillar case. The reason Aldi's been killing it is because Aldi's got a cheeky personality and it's able to, you know, talk in young people language against Marks and Spencer and stuff like this. And movement just isn't that. Movement doesn't seem to have a clear personal personality. It's more about a vibe and that's quite difficult to get
get over in a text um, social channel like Twitter. So it's just not been a priority. Something that is a bit of an issue though, and I do take personal <laughs> offense to, is Movement's lack of attempt at on-site SEO. So they're an e-commerce brand. They're actually ranking reasonably well for some terms like ladies' watches in the US where they're creeping onto page one. I would like to see them go really, really hard with SEO because there is a huge opportunity. Search volumes in this space are massive and it would give them a way of tapping into an audience that isn't already aware of them. Particularly if they're moving away from the influencer-led stuff to just plain luxury, they're moving to a more generic brand, which isn't necessarily an issue if they want to go completely mass market. You know, with the influencer-led stuff, my dad, for example, isn't going to buy a movement watch. Whereas if he sees that it looks like, you know, some fancy expensive watch, but it doesn't cost that much, then he might be tempted. So going for an SEO approach would really, really help here and could give them loads of traction. But there's just no attempt whatsoever. We've already spoken about their blog and it's an absolute SEO washout. None of the posts are focused at all on generating any organic traffic. The page title on their website, on their homepage says premium watches, eyewear and accessories, which is garbage. Men's watches would be a category page. Um, again, utter garbage. The, <laughs> the page title makes me want to cry. It's just men's movement, right? It doesn't even say watches in the page title. Are you freaking kidding me? There's no text copy at all on any of the pages on the site. So I'm talking about core pages, homepage, product category pages, nothing. It's a text desert, which is an utter, utter disaster for SEO. So it just drives me mad because they're leaving so much money on the table for SEO. And I know that this, is, this isn't how the business has been built, but you know, if you're going to be looking at worldwide, you know, search volumes of 300 to 500,000 a month for terms like men's watches, like, come on, at least play the game. The link profile they've got is strong enough that they should be challenging for these terms. The product pages are awesome. They've got great product photography. They've got options and they've got upsells. They've got fantastic level of reviews. The credibility from their reviews is huge because they've got loads of them. They're really proactive with collecting them. But the SEO on the site is really letting them down. And honestly, it makes me sad. I'm, I'm going to try and sleep tonight, but it's going to be difficult. Their website has been through various iterations and kind of reflects the changes that we've seen in the Instagram. So whereas the Instagram started out very, um, very kind of uh, I don't know, boring studio led and then moved into kind of influencer led and then has gone back to the kind of studio luxury branding look same deal with the website so if we look at the website from 2017 it looks more like a fast fashion site more like you know a gym sharky kind of influencer type thing on mobile it's big full screen images of the target audience wearing the products and that's exactly the approach that we would have expected whereas today it looks much more like a kind of generic watch brand there you know the watches in the desert with the sun and there's no influences the photos when they are on models are very very clean cut very clearly this is professional product photography rather than you know audience community led so it's a shift obviously it's part of their wider strategy but um i, I question you know whether that's the way to go given what got movement to this level in the first place all right, I hope you're enjoying the show. Before we dive into the actionable tips, remember, if you haven't requested your free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja, you definitely need to do it. Head to ExposureNinja.com. We'll send you a 15-minute video showing you where the lowest hanging fruit is and the opportunities for growth with your business are. Completely free of charge. It'll be the highlight of your life. Well, top three, maybe after getting married and something around children, and then it's going to be getting your Exposure Ninja website review. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your review today. Okay, so let's talk about the actionable tips. I know we focused a lot on the negatives here, but let's stick to the fact that Movement built a brand that they could sell for $300 million in five years, basically with no investment, just using social media. That deserves some respect. So let's look at exactly what they did and what other direct-to-consumer brands and non-DTC brands can learn if they want to become the next Movement. Well, the first lesson from me is figure out a clear proposition. I can tell you Movement's just from looking at any of their social channels when they were really smashing them. It's luxury looking watches sold in an aspirational way to young people at affordable prices. 
that's it and they were really consistent with that they found an angle that worked and then they just plowed it over and over and over and over again and it worked really well most businesses don't have as clear a proposition as that you don't need to necessarily be completely innovative figuring out something for the first time but you need to know what your strengths are you need to know where you stand the second lesson is pick the channels based on where your audience is it's okay that they don't have much twitter following it's even okay that they don't have much youtube following although they probably could do they've focused on Facebook and uh, Instagram and actually to an extent Pinterest and even Tumblr back in the day. Those have been their angles because that's where their audience is and you need to know where your audience is. That's where you spend your time. Not necessarily where with the channels that you spend the most time on is where your audience spends the most time on. Third lesson, it's hard to argue with giving influencers some skin in the game. For me, the voucher code thing for discounts gives them data on what's working, gives the influencers a bit of affiliate commission as well. And to me, that is brilliant because back in the early days of this business, they needed a scalable way of getting influencers interested in it. And that makes everyone happy. So love that. Fourth lesson, getting influencers to make your best content. Love this idea. People go on Instagram, they go on Facebook, they go on Pinterest, wherever they go, they go for influencers, they don't go for brands. Quite often, the brands are kind of sticking in the newsfeed like a sore thumb. They look alien, they're just talking about themselves, and we go to be inspired, we go to be entertained. So, actually putting the content and giving it the job of creating stuff to the influencers themselves for me is a masterstroke. Now, they sounds like they did it out of necessity because they couldn't afford the shoots and it was just an efficient way of getting videos and pictures done but it's actually brilliant so I love that and if you can make your Instagram look like an influencer page really that's what people go on these channels for fifth and final lesson massive paid social particularly with Facebook these days it's nothing without boosting we've seen today how movements content is getting almost no traction because they're not putting the budget behind it that they could now if you look in their ad library actually they're running loads and loads of tests I don't know there's probably 50 ads that they're testing with different creative each day or each couple of days so they're putting a huge amount of budget between their paid social and that is really 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 important today social strategy without the paid piece is not really a viable strategy so social media most of the time now is pay to play of course you need good organic content but then you're going to look for the stuff that's flying and you're going to boost it further so that's something that we have to take and say they may not have been doing this in the early days that's because that wasn't where social is but today if you're going to do a movement today you're going to be putting budget behind those posts so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode i've loved taking you through the background of movement and i hope that you're inspired to go and grow your own business don't forget also to check out our youtube channel we post loads of videos doing things like deconstructing brands and how they're getting their success also giving you tips on conversion optimization seo content marketing email pay-per-click social so head over to exposure ninjas youtube channel and go and subscribe there if you haven't already subscribed or followed to the podcast then please do so and please also leave us a review final thing from me if you haven't requested your website review despite me telling you it's going to be in one of the top three things that you do in your entire life then i don't know what else to say i mean some people say that it could be mis-selling but trust me if you get the review you will not argue with me it legitimately is as good if not more useful certainly a higher roi than having children so <laughs> oh i hope my wife doesn't hear this uh, so go to exposure to request your free marketing review today until next time see you soon